Welcome to Ethics, a podcast from the Allegheny College Department of Computer Science, supported by a grant from the Mozilla Foundation. In this series, we interview current students about ethical issues inherent in their work as computer scientists and discover the ways that their technical projects create or respond to real-world ethical issues. In this episode, we talk to Wesley Long, whose project made a dashboard to help instructors look at the output of an automated grading system and understand broad class-wide trends. A note about this project, it heavily uses an Allegheny College-developed automated grading system called GatorGrader. To learn more about it, head on over to github.com and search for Gator Educator. Hi, Wes. Hi, hello. Tell folks a little bit about what you did for your project. Maybe give us a title and give us a rundown or a summary of it. I'm going to give some background first, as not everyone might be aware of the tools that I kind of used for this. In-house in, in our Allegheny CompSci department, we have an, an automated grading system called GatorGrader. And how this works is it essentially reads through the student's assignment file by file, and it looks for certain fragments that are right there in the text. So for instance, it might check to see if the reflection document exists, and that would be a check mark. But if it doesn't have 250 words, that'll be an X. And there can be 20 to 30 of these checks, depending on the assignment. My project, Allycat, takes the it takes the output from GatorGrader, it parses it, and sends it off to a Mongo database. This is a project in two parts. The first portion is uploading, which handles the collection and parsing and uploading to MongoDB, while the second half is a dashboard that professors and other instructors are able to use to view and visualize the data that was collected by the uploading portion. This is all hosted through Streamlit and Python, and the uploading portion is entirely run in GitHub Actions. So it, there is a there's a few lines from the README that can just be at, added in to a GitHub workflow, and then it will completely run automatically as long as Python and Gator Gradle, Gator Grader are installed into your GitHub Actions. So I appreciate that you're talking a little bit about the infrastructure that we use here at the college. Thinking about for folks who don't know what GitHub is, or thinking about what folks who don't know what the Actions portion of that is. How can you break down how you perceive how an assignment works in the CS department here at the college? In our CompSci department, we utilize a platform called GitHub, which is basically, it's our version control, essentially. For instance, I'm able to create a repository, which holds all of my code, and I can set that off to the GitHub web service. Professor Lumen here would then be able to go to that same repository, pull my code onto his machine, edit it a little bit, and then send it back. And now the code that was once only mine on the cloud service now has Professor Lumen's edits to it. And in addition to that, there is another service that GitHub offers called GitHub Classroom, where a professor is able to upload one of these repositories as a template. And then as students click on the link that they are given by the professor, they're able to make their own assignments through this template repository. And from there, the professor already has automated actions created, which, which is like GitHub Actions. Essentially, there is a workflow file, and I want to do all of these automated tests that I have defined beforehand. You're able to essentially copy and paste the workflow instruction for Allycat, put it right at the bottom of your GitHub workflow, and then as soon as it goes down the line and gets to where my workflow portion is, it will start to run everything that I tell it to. So I tell it to make an output file. I tell it to grab the code for the uploading portion of Allycat. And then from there, 
I feed it all the necessary information that it needs to upload it to a database. We use these tools to speed our evaluation of student repositories. They're essentially their assignments, their collections of files that they submit for assignments. Like our version of something like Canvas or Blackboard, how does then your particular project, how does it assist instructors in making decisions or understanding their class? Given that GatorGrader is something that is automated, originally to grade everything, professors would have had to go in to each individual student's repository, go through their whole assignment and read out the things that they were looking for. So this kind of beforehand, in some papers I've read, this only really led to three to four assignments being performed per semester, per class, just as they took so long to set up and grade. But with GatorGrader, that process is automatic, and the professors can go through at the assignment deadline and look at each individual student's checks and see how they did. If a check fails in GatorGrader in GitHub Actions, it returns an exit code that causes the whole test suite to fail. So if everything runs smoothly, then on the main page of the repository, you should see a green check mark. But if something fails, whether it be a test or a Gator Grader itself, you would see a red X, and then you can go in and investigate further. The only problem with this, and a problem that was already pre-existing, was that professors don't really know how well a class is performing with any given assignment at any given time. Since to do so, they would have to go into each repository, each GitHub Actions, find the Gator Grader output, and then go through, see what they checked and what they missed, and then take note of it and do this for each each student in their class, which could have upwards of like 30 or more. And so what Alleycat does is it automatically collects the output from GatorGrader, sends it to a central database for the checks at that time. They are all marked by a date. And then the dashboard visualization portion of Alleycat then queries that database to get all of the data that was already collected and then visualizes it for the professor to look at in real time. If I'm interpreting the way the project works correctly, it allows us to look at an aggregate over the course of the entire class to say that 80% of the class is achieving objective one very well, but 20% of the class is achieving objective two, so perhaps there's somewhere to focus there. This raises a whole set of thorny issues around something called the Federal Education Right to Privacy Act, or FERPA, so in terms of the ethical implications, responsibilities, and burdens of this tool, how does that interact with the fact that you are using classroom data and you are interacting with essentially a student's work and a student's record? Initially, when developing Alleycat, I was made well aware of these issues and how they are very important to think about during development. There are two ethical issues here that I'm going to talk about that they, uh, they're kind of solved by the same thing. So the first one being information privacy. Student data can be very vulnerable as it can mark people or people can make assumptions about it. And not everyone should be able to get their hands on it. To make sure that this data is safe during the uploading portion of Alleycat, the data is kind of parsed and manipulated in a way, not such that the results are changed, but such that the identifying information for each student is removed before it's sent off. So the only way to find a certain data point that is linked up to a certain student would kind of be a very painstaking process and you would have to do that for every student and it might not even work then since all of the 
data points in there are only recorded by date, the name of the assignment, name of the class, and all of the checks that are associated with it. So even then, it would be very hard to track down which student may be, may be which. Leading into potential misuse, some malicious users may have wanted to single out some students or treat them differently based on how they're performing. Or this malicious user may choose to just refuse to give help on things that they kind of thought that they had already explained or taught thoroughly. But given that these users are not able to single out or look at a single data points unless having access to the database, then this potential misuse is kind of mitigated in a way. No singular data point can be looked at. And kind of another ethical issue, potential issues in equity, as uh, since professors are able to kind of decide how they want to proceed given the data that they view in the dashboard, there may be a small group of students who may be struggling quite a bit, but they might be a little too scared to go to office hours or to ask others for help. So while the professor or instructor may go over certain points that they felt that they should touch on, so say most of the class is missing point A, while the small group of students is not performing too well on point B, they may get retaught the material essentially, or I guess given assistance on the material for point A, but they're still having some issues in point B since they may be the only ones who are having issues with it. And so the professor might not see that smaller decrease in a completion as being very notable. And kind of a way to mitigate this, I think, would be more having, not like an open discussion, but being more involved with how each student is performing or leaving it very open to questions, pairing people up so that other students could help out the struggling students if they, if they need, so that they don't have to necessarily reach out on their own. But I don't think there are many other issues that I would have needed to tackle uh, directly during development. There's some of this that you're highlighting that seems as if what we're really saying here is that this tool, while it renders the ability for an instructor, let's say myself, to render professional judgment on whole class or even at the greater, greater level, I can know what students are struggling with what specific objectives. But as a whole class, this aggregate dashboard look, it's really relying on my professional interest, understanding, and development to be able to act on that. So can you speak a little bit about how, how much of the solution is really technical and how much of the solution really isn't? And how did that influence how you thought about the problem and how you continue to think about it? I'm not sure if I can give a percentage for how much it's technical, how much of it is professional or not, but a lot of it comes down to, well, one issue is that there may be a slight skew in some data unintentionally, as each data point is linked to a singular commit on a GitHub repository per student. So if a student ends up completing the assignment completely in one commit, you would see a jump from 10% completion to 100% completion. And there wouldn't really be any in between, and they might not actually finish anything until the, the last day. So going from there, it's a bit on the professor to kind of encourage uh, committing often and not doing everything at once, as that is best practice anyway with development. But there's a kind of gray area 
where there's only so much that Alley Cat is able to visualize because it is a program without any kind of intelligence or artificial intelligence in there. It's just coded to manipulate the data in such a way that it can be graphed either through one visualization or another. The data itself isn't really changed. It's just kind of arranged differently. So there's really a singular extent that the professor can be given the correct data, and it's up to me and the tool to make sure that this data is presented in the best way that it can so that it can give the most insight. But this can also change on a class-by-class basis. But it is up to the professor or instructor a lot. It is a lot of their responsibility to know how their class would end up performing if they commit often or if they just want to kind of check in in the middle of assignment regardless of how the data is being visualized in the dashboard. But I'm looking to add some more uh, visualizations to give some more options to maybe bring light to some of these other data points. Moving forward, I don't think there's a whole, whole lot on the technical side that can be done that would be groundbreaking or extremely influential in changing how this data is interpreted, as it is entirely up to the user to decide how this data is used. It's really up to, at the end of the day, it's a tool for decision-making, right? So it's something that influences the way that I, and I'm just going to use myself as the test experiment here because I am an instructor in the department, the way that I proceed and the way that I work. What other large takeaways have you taken away from the project that, again, you've been engaging with for the last calendar year? It's very hard to work with data security. One one way or one solution that I kind of talked about with my first and second reader, Professor Lumen being my second reader in this, is to kind of keep this data safe because the data is being held on a cloud database, MongoDB Atlas. It is their own web service for this. While it is protected behind a password, it's... It's a little difficult to ensure that this data is actually transmitted safely. You can't really hard code any of these values anywhere, and you wouldn't really want to anyway, since this is an open source project, anyone can use it. Anyone can kind of make their own alterations to their own version of the project. But a way that I kind of mitigated some of this data security issues, going back to GitHub Actions, there are secrets that you can add to your organization or to your singular repo. And these secrets are defined by you. You define how they're going to be called and what the value actually is. And then you can securely call them within GitHub Actions so that you can still use them automatically. So in this case, to automatically upload to a database containing vulnerable information. So let's say that the password was admin, for instance. If I could make this admin password a secret on my organization, which contains all of these assignments, and then I could, in GitHub Actions, call the the password admin without ever typing admin into the GitHub workflow, which kind of allows for a more secure way to upload this data as the username, password, any other information that may be needed to get into this account or this database wouldn't really be found anywhere except for among those who are or should be able to access it. 
And then again, on the on the dashboard portion, there is a Python package called .npython, which essentially it mimics environment variables. So you're able to define local environment variables for certain folders that you can just use, as you can just call them in and read them in as if they were actual environment variables, which are also very secure. You can't really get to them, and you don't really need to define anything anywhere. So they are, it, it kind of works in the same way, essentially. Thanks for that reminder about data accuracy. We really appreciate stopping by to talk about your experience in your engineering effort, Wes. Thanks. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode. Follow, rate, and review us on your podcast platform of choice. We'd appreciate it. For more about the Allegheny College Department of Computer Science, head to cs.allegheny.edu. 